All right, let's get our Bibles and wave them, lift them up, wave them around, make Jesus glad and the devil mad. Let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I've tuned in on Wednesday night because I am one that's hungry and thirsty for more, more of your spirit, more of your word, more of your revelation so that my faith can be built to a higher level. I am determined to have success in this life and in the next, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at uh, our Bibles. I'll read you Psalm 11, uh, verse three, and uh, I'm gonna read it in the Passion Translation and also get 2 Chronicles 32, uh, verses one through eight. Uh, Psalm 11, three in the Passion says, what can the righteous accomplish when the truth's pillars are destroyed and law and order collapse. That's pretty much up to date. <laughs> what can the righteous do? Well, I tell you, we can do plenty. Uh, we can o overcome evil with good, amen? <laughs> and then uh, I wanna read to you out of Second uh, Chronicles 32, and uh, this was my reading today in my normal reading. And uh, we'll start with verse one. And uh, in chapter 31, uh, it talks about Hezekiah, and when he became king, he brought in, uh, you know, he brought in a revival. He started repairing the temple, he restored the tithe, and they celebrated Passover for the first time since Solomon. And so here, verse, in chapter 32, after these things, these things that I just said, after these things and the establishment thereof, what happened? Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped against the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and was, that he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains which were without the city and they did help him. So there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, why should the king of Assyria come and find much water? Also, he strengthened himself and built up the wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers and another wall without and repaired Milo in the city of David and made, and made uh, darts or swords and shields or weapons in abundance. And he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together in the street and of the gate of the city and spake comfortably to them, saying, be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him, for there be more with us than be with him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then verse eight, with him is an arm of flesh but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. And my, uh, my margin says they leaned upon the words. And I like the message. Listen to the message Bible. Hezekiah's words put steel in their spines. <laughs> so that's what I wanted to speak about tonight, steeled for victory, steeled for victory. Yes, that's my job is to encourage and strengthen you, to put steel in your spine, to be able to stand up and keep your head up 
when uh, you're facing all of the things that we are facing right now. And uh, Dr. Jackson uh, uh, addressed some of these issues on Sunday morning. He talked about 25% of the people have not been deceived. Another 25% of the people have been basically hypnotized, mass, mass hysteria. And then it leaves about 40% of people that kind of go back and forth between the two. Well, the 40% are our ripe harvest. They're people that can be persuaded. And so, uh, you know, we, we, we must keep our chin up. <laughs> we got to have steel in our spines. Uh, I, I'm reminded, you know, like Judah, we're facing overwhelming odds. It looks like overwhelming odds, you know, but hey, look, there's more with us than there, with them, than there are with them. I, I like what, what the, you know, the prophecy that we delivered uh, almost two years ago back in September of 2019 about the greatest year yet. And, uh, and, and that prophecy came forth in such power and it said, you know, no matter what you're looking in the face of what you face, say nothing else, but this is the greatest year of my life. Don't say anything else. And so 2020 was one of the worst years for most people. I think most people, most people on the face of the earth would say 2020 was their worst year yet, but not at Glorious Way Church. We had a word from God. And most of us have said, no, we seized and we said, no, this is our greatest year yet, no matter what the circumstances were. And it continues unto this day. You know, God is still building on that word. Nothing's really changed for 2022. We have, we have such uh, an opening of opportunity for great things to happen. So uh, in the face of what we face, let, let that be steel in your spine to give you the courage it takes to keep, uh, keep your head up. Be strong and very courageous. Be not afraid of the multitude of communists and, and socialists, and Democrats and fake news media and, and all of the, the university experts and Washington elites, non-elected bureaucrats, uh, billionaire globalists, just on and on and on and on. All of the, the, the craziness that's going on right now. All of the calling evil good and the good evil. Listen, we, we're clued in. We know what's happening. And, uh, and then, of course, they have persuaded a large number of people. They are deceived. And, and it's, just, it's really bad. But, but there's more with us than there is with, with, him, with them. Amen. There are more with us. We have a multitude of angels on our side. Um, so, you know, the enemy likes to talk. You know, if you, if you keep reading here in chapter 32... Uh, Sennacherib, the, you know, this, this king of Assyria, as he had captured the northern kingdom, the ten tribes, and taken them away. And, uh, and had captured the, all of their cities and all of their wealth. And, uh, and so he was, and he had dis defeated other kingdoms. And so he was, boy, he was really high and mighty. He said, oh, your God's not able to, do. don't be deceived. He, he put, he put, uh, uh, people out there to, 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 to holler at the Israelites as they were building the walls and preparing for battle and said, oh, don't be, don't be deceived by Hezekiah. Don't let the God of Hezekiah can't save you from us. We're too strong. And they basically just blasphemed the God of Israel just on and on. They're just, you know, what we'd call in modern, modern parlance, you know, they just trash talk. And uh, that's, that's what I hear all the time. I hear that from the resident or of the White House and his vice resident. <laughs> That's about all they can do is trash talk. They don't, I mean, they have no wisdom at all. 
I mean, one of their experts said the other day, he says, oh, there's nothing we can do about gas price. We can't increase production. That won't do anything with gas price. Really? If you produce more oil and get it up out of the ground where we have it, you mean to tell me that, that, that oil would not come down? You know, he doesn't even know basic economics. I think they know it. They just keep lying. That's all they can do. <laughs> Praise God. You know what? I'm not intimidated by the record that I set yesterday filling up my truck. I filled up my truck. It's a personal record. $121 to fill up my truck with regular gas. <laughs> you know, I, uh, you know, I'm not intimidated by it. You know what I did? I looked at that figure and I laughed. I said, praise God, my God supplies all my need. I'm not even going to feel this. You know, I just, you know, look, we just have to realize that we've got God on our side. Amen. So, uh, so they, they threatened Judah. They blasphemed God. And so here in chapter 32, verse 20, let's look at it. And for this cause, Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried to heaven. You know, we do a lot of praying around here. We pray and cry. We cry against these forces. I tell you, I don't spend any time praying for them. Oh, the Bible says, Pastor, we're supposed to pray for the, our leaders. They're ministers to us of righteousness. Well, they're not ministers of righteousness. They're ministers of evil. Now, you wouldn't pray for the devil. Nobody prayed for Herod. Nobody, you know, uh, Bar-Jesus. You know, uh, Paul took one look at, at, at Bar-Jesus and said, you enemy of righteousness, you son of the devil. Will you not cease to pervert the right ways of the, of the Lord? Now, he didn't pray for him. <laughs> you know, I think it's time for us to cry against these people. Uh, you, know, they shall, you know, these evildoers will soon be cut down as the grass and wither as a green herb. You know, I, I just quote Psalm 37 at, against them. And I know they're not on God's side. So why should I be on their side? No, I cry against the evil things they're doing. And uh, they will not prevail in the short run, we st we're going to, as long as the church is on the earth, we have authority. Let's not, let's not forget that. So they prayed and they cried to the God of heaven. And, you know, they didn't even have to fight against Sennacherib. Look at verse 21. The Lord sent an angel which cut off all the mighty men of valor. One angel, <laughs> one angel destroyed his army. If you keep reading, he limps back and goes back home, and his own sons kill him, go into his house and kill him, his own sons. So, I mean, God knows how to deal with the enemy, amen, especially those who blaspheme and those who dishonor the blood of Jesus. Well, pastor, you should be praying for the soul of, of, of uh uh, Biden, I mean, and, and Harris, they, 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 you should be praying. Listen, they have, they have rejected the gospel. They, they are in America. They have heard the gospel over and over again. They've had every opportunity to get saved. I have no obligation. They don't get a second chance. You, you know, most people get one chance to get right with God. And after that, you know, they can go to hell if they want to. And evidently, that's what they want. They want power. They don't care about eternal life. So, no, I don't have that obligation. And I would do that if the Holy Spirit put it in my heart to do it. But otherwise, you know, let's, let's, let's get rid of evil and evildoers. Amen. <laughs> let's make sure they're defeated at the next election. <laughs> Praise God. So, um, 
in the previous chapter, uh, for, well, let's keep going. So after, after the enemy was defeated, I mean the other country started bringing gifts to Hezekiah. They honored him. They tried to make peace with, with uh, Judah. And it said in verse 27 here, chapter 32, I want you to read this. And Hezekiah had exceeding much riches and honor, and he made himself treasuries for silver and gold and for precious stones and for spices and for shields and for all manner of pleasant jewels. Storehouses also for the increase of corn and wine and oil and stalls for all manner of beasts and coats for flocks. Moreover, he provided him cities and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him substance very much. God had given him substance very much. See, I believe that's still on the way for the church. You know, and just, and just before that, before Sennacherib was defeated, he was going around trash talking and trying to get everybody convinced that there was no hope and no use in resisting. That's where we are right now. Listen, we are going to resist this evil that's going on in this world. It's not just happening here in America. It's happening globally. We are going to resist. We're going to rule and reign over the spirit of Antichrist. And we are going to be rewarded. See, God always rewards those who diligently seek him. Now, talking about diligently seek him, the whole chapter 31, the chapter before this one, when you read where Hezekiah took over from his father, his father was an evil king. He did evil. And Hezekiah took over, and he, and he did good. And as I mentioned earlier, he, uh, he spearheaded revival in Judah. He repaired the temple. He cleansed it. They broke down all the altars to Baal and the false gods. They restored the tithe and offerings. And they collected so much of that that they had heaps and heaps and heaps. And then he said, what are you going to do with these heaps? <laughs> and so the priest started gathering all of it up, and they began to, to, to bring all of the, the worship back to the temple, all of the, the, the basins and the, and the tables and the showbread and all of that kind of thing. And they, they restored sacrifices. They started sacrificing by the thousands, and they had, they had to gather up the, the priesthood, and they had to put them to work because there were very few that were sanctified, and they kept the Passover for the first time since Solomon's day. And so what do you call that? You call that revival. See, I just believe there's coming another revival, but it has to start individually. It starts with each person. And it, it's, in this case, it started with the king. He had to realize that that, that Israel and Judah had sinned and departed. And they actually sent messengers to the rest of the, the remnant of those that had not been taken away to Assyria. And they said, y'all come back to Jerusalem and get back right with God. You celebrate the Passover with us. And some of them laughed them to scorn and mocked them, and some of them came. And they brought their tithes and offerings. And there were heaps and heaps. And I mean, there was revival in the land. And then, of course, right after that, then came the enemy, see, to try to destroy. I mean, you know, we have to expect that any time there's a move of God, the devil's going to come and try to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. So uh, in that other chapter, there was great joy and rejoicing. And I mean, people were so thrilled. And, uh, and when they were able to worship God with the Passover, they sang their songs, they 
it was just an amazing thing. So now, uh, this is what was able to uh, fuel them to stand against Sennacherib and his army. They went ahead and prepared. I mean, they built the walls and the towers. They gave, got the they got the uh, the weaponry, the chariots and the horses and all. They they prepared, but guess what? They didn't even have to use it. I mean, the one angel went out and wiped out the army. And here goes Sennacherib sneaking out of town, you know, trying to remain anonymous, you know, and going back home. And as soon as he got home in his own house, here comes his sons and they, they kill him. So uh, I'm telling you, we have a lot to see compared to today. And I'm not talking about physical violence. I'm talking about the fact that there are more with us than there are with the devil. The devil is not more powerful than God, and especially not the church, the blood-bought church that has the name of Jesus. We have authority. We have angelic help. Are you with me now? I mean, you know, the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. And so we got encouraged Sunday morning to share the truth that we have. Let's be witnesses. And let's, let's do what we can to help people. They might be part of the 40% that are kind of swinging back. You know, they still wear a mask, but they don't want to. They're, fight, they're tired of it. They're tired of this whole drill. They know that there's something not right. They just don't seem to have the courage to, to speak up. Well, let's, let's encourage them. Let's be an example to them. You know, I had to go to the ear, nose, and throat doctor last week to get my ears cleaned out. I don't want to be gross, but I mean, every six months I've got to do that so I, so I can hear. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, they just insisted I wear a mask. And I, I said, look, I, I don't wear masks. Doc, my doctor told me not to do it. It's not good for my health. Oh, you have to. I said, well, all right, I'll do it because I need this, uh, I need this appointment. So I'll wear it. But I said, just tell your boss that I won't be back till he gets real. This is ridiculous. And I, there was a couple that overheard me, and boy, they were giving me thumbs up. They were wearing their mask. I put my mask on under my nose. Then when I got to my seat, I pulled it all the way down under my chin. See, I just don't care. I resist. I'm just going to resist. And, you know, we need to learn how to be less cooperative with, the, with a lie. See, and that's what I call a, a witness. And so that couple, they, we spent the whole time waiting for my name to be called, talking back and forth about what this church has done, how we sued the governor, we opened up, we didn't, we didn't comply, we didn't do any of that. And uh, we wound up being declared, uh, you know, essential. Well, we already declared ourselves essential. We don't need Lena to tell us we're essential or Governor Abbott to tell us we are essential. And, uh, and so, you know, that's what, you know, when you're waiting around for government to tell you what the Bible already told you, you're, you're in bad shape. And so, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Let's, I, I'm so proud of this church and, and the membership of standing in this time. It's, this reminds me of this testimony. And I believe it's going to wind up being just like that. I believe we're going to have wealth. I believe we're going to have plenty of wealth to preach the gospel and get the end time harvest in. Amen. So let's all be steeled for victory. You know, when, when, uh, when, uh, Hezekiah stood up and he, he, uh, he told the, the people of Israel, he said, don't, don't be afraid of this number. There's more with us than them. And it, it said, you know, he put steel in their spines. The only anointing that was in the Old Testament was the priest, the prophet, and the king. So the, when the king addressed them, 
the Holy Spirit was the one that brought the word to them. Now, they were spiritually dead people. They don't have the spirit of God on the inside. But that anointing benefited them. It went into them and strengthened them. And I think about one of the meanings of the word paraclete, which translated comforter in John chapter 14, 15, and 16. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. Really, the true meaning of comforter is helper, but another meaning is what happens when a general comes to address the troops right before battle. And he is able to encourage them and give them strength and courage. With, without that, they would collapse. And see, that was what they needed. They needed an anointed word from their leader, and it, and it buoyed them. It lifted them, and it gave them strength and courage to face the enemy. And that's what this word will do to you, with you tonight. It'll help you face uh, what you have to face in your own life. And so there's three things. Number one, lean on and depend on the word of God. See, that's my job is to give you that word that's anointed, and with the anointing that I have on my office, it will go into you and strengthen you and, and lift you up. You know, Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true and every man a liar. I don't, listen, I don't accept what the, what the world says about much of anything. I never go to the news to look for the news. They have a narrative. They don't have any news. They have a narrative. They have something that's designed to carry their message. There's very little news available. And, uh, we, you know, look, we, we, we just need to know kind of generally what's going on. And let's just, let's just lean on the Word of God. Let's depend on the Word of God. It's our ultimate source. And, uh, and so, you know, the, the, the Bible says that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. So, you know, that's why we, we hang around church to hear what we need to hear to, to keep us strong. So lean on and depend on the Word of God. Secondly, stay full of the Holy Ghost. And talking about revival, revival always starts individually. It, it, it starts personally. Now, I know people, you know, we can pray for revival. Oh, God, send revival in there and we're dead. No, that won't work. We've got to get, we've got to get filled with the Holy Ghost personally. You've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost. And that takes effort. It takes Ephesians 5.18, be not drunk with wine, where's in excess, but be being filled. Be continually and habitually filled with the Holy Ghost. And so when you are, when you have personal revival, then you're more likely to be contagious. Just like, listen, Hezekiah was passionate. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He, he wanted his nation to serve God. He wanted the excellency of God's power and uh, God's love to be manifest. And so he, he communicated that to his people. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and then the last one, let your light shine. Let your light shine. Don't hide your light under a basket or under a bushel, but put it on a candlestick for everybody to see. Be, bo be a bold example. Be a bold example of love and faith to others. Don't, don't be one of these that just kneels to government, kneels to politicians, kneels and bows and scrapes and holds people uh, you know, up in, in high esteem. I mean, these people are not, these people that have been lying and have, and have gone along. And, you know, I tell you, I, even the medical system, I, it, I've lost a tremendous amount of respect. I find it hard for me to respect some of my doctors anymore because I see how that they've bend and bowed and didn't use their, 
their influence to do what they knew was right. Just a handful have done it. Uh, by the way, Dr. Jackson is standing up for his, what he believes, and he's, you know, he got suspended from his hospital. I told him the next hearing, let us know, we will definitely pray for him. But he's standing against them, and he said, look, I want you to, you know, what you did, you didn't use the right procedure. You didn't follow procedure. He's suing them, and he's got lawyers. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will resign my position if you will take that suspension off of my record. And they won't do it. See, they are lawless. I mean, the American Medical Association, lawless. The, the owners of these hospitals, these big, big corporations that own all the hospitals now, lawlessness. So we have to understand that. Let's not, let's not lift these people up. Let's, I know sometimes we have to go for medical attention, but let's, not, let's always know that God, Jesus is the great physician, amen. So let your light shine, that's my point. Let's let our light shine and be examples, a bold example of love and faith. Be steeled for victory. Come on, lift your hands and receive tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. I, I pray that this message is just short and to the point. I hope it, I, I trust it will, I won't hope, I trust that it will uh, strengthen you and, and remind you of who you are. I'm telling you, one, one spirit-filled Christian has a tremendous amount of influence. You never know how, much, how many people are watching you. And so be an example. Amen.